It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. Very pleased to welcome back to the program Glenn Youngkin, the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. He is my governor. You can find him on Twitter at Governor VA. And Governor, good to have you here. Guy, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. And we've been busy in Virginia. and We've had a great uh, first uh, eight months with with budget proposals that cut taxes and invest in school and invest in in police. uh, And oh, by the way, making government work better. So I am very pleased with the progress we've made. And I always enjoy being with you to talk about it. Uh, We appreciate having you here. And it seems like the people of Virginia, by and large, appreciate what you've been doing thus far. Your approval ratings are pretty solid for a conservative Republican in a purplish blue state. You know, you you barely won that election. You flipped a state, at least on the governor's side, that President Biden had carried by 10 points just a year prior. And here you are. I've seen polls that have you in the low to mid or even high 50s in job approval. How are you sustaining those kinds of, you know, above water numbers with an electorate that may not be overly inclined to be terribly hospitable to Republicans all the time? I think at the core is we're getting a lot done. And, you know, remember, we, while we did flip our House, the Senate wasn't up last year. And so I have a Democrat-controlled Senate and a Republican-controlled House. And, yes, uh, we won the lieutenant governor and attorney general's uh, races last year as well. Um, but we've had to work across the aisle, and we've delivered. Uh, we've cut taxes by $4 billion, which is the largest tax cut by a factor of four in the, ever in the history of Virginia. Um, we've delivered a record education budget that uh, funds teacher raises and invests in building new schools and, oh, by the way, launches lab schools and a tax scholarship system for for choice within the public school system. So it's very exciting to see real movement on education. And then, of course, on law enforcement, uh, we're going to work to keep our communities safe. Uh, 20% raises for law enforcement, investment in, in training and equipment. And I think Virginians appreciate that. Listen, these are common sense solutions to kitchen table issues that People are facing every day. Listen, inflation is running away from Virginia families, and they're having to work hard to make ends meet. They're having to economize. And when they see a a governor going to work to try to keep more money in their pocket, I think they appreciate it. I mean, we even worked with all of our public universities to keep tuition flat this year for uh, for virginia kids and schools yeah. and and I, again i think i think that families just appreciate the fact that uh, the governor is working hard on their behalf uh, i mean that's a big deal right there because everything is going up 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 and the cost of college and university seems to outpace inflation has for many years and you know the the sticker shock is absolutely real so to keep it flat even year over year for one year is just a tiny bit of relief for some of these families uh, in virginia and I also just want to point out on some of the stuff that you were just rattling off the list, none of this was a bait and switch, right? This is stuff that you campaigned on, and now you're delivering on these things, and I think that's probably also part of it. People maybe aren't always accustomed to politicians saying, hey, I'm going to do these things, and then they come in and start doing precisely those things. I think that's probably one of the explanatory factors here as well. 
Something that has gotten some attention, Governor, is your new policy, your administration uh, that you've released on uh, public schools and transgender students in those schools. It's a change in policy. I'm wondering what precipitated the change and what was your objective in making this shift? Because it's getting some attention because people say, oh, here's a this is a culture war thing. How did you approach this? Well, let me back up, Guy, just on, on the uh, – and, and this is, these are draft guidelines. Uh, they'll be open for a 30-day comment period, uh, and then they'll move into final guidelines as school divisions adopt them. Um, but but the, the, the key point here is, first, to, to respect and honor the dignity, the privacy, and the safety of all children. Uh, and then, second of all, to recognize that parents – matter in all children's lives and and when there's a child that is working through a, a challenging moment or or a very very important decision in their life parents should be deeply engaged in that and and unfortunately uh, my predecessor's uh, policies in fact suggested that parents shouldn't be involved in that and i just think that's wrong and and uh, a child deserves to have a parent involved in their lives and not not to the full exclusion of a caring teacher or counselor or administrator but parents have to be first and and i just find it to, to be a very important moment to remind folks that that children don't belong to the state they belong to families and here's our here's our moment to reiterate that uh, responsibility to parents and that obligation for teachers and administrators to involve parents in these decisions. That's what the, that's what the model policies are all about, and I think this is so consistent with with uh, what we ran on, which is parents matter. And when we had a chance to to pass bipartisan legislation that empowered parents to make decisions with regards to masking, uh, to make decisions with regards to explicit materials in the classroom, and now to make make sure that they are fully involved and engaged in important decisions that are going on in their child's life. I just think this is all about making sure that kids have parents involved in their lives. Governor, one of the biggest issues in your campaign, and I think it may be safe to say perhaps the issue that put you over the top in that campaign. Of course, there's always a, a whole slew of issues, uh, and it's hard to pinpoint one, but I, I doubt you would disagree that education was front and center down the home stretch of your campaign in 2021. And I'm noticing as I look around the country right now, and we're seven weeks out from a very important election uh, all over the country, these midterms, Republicans are focused on the economy and inflation, for obvious reasons, you mentioned that, on crime, especially in some of these really crucial races. Uh, you know, you're seeing you know, immigration and, and the controversy there. These are very big issues, no doubt, and I think it'd be malpractice for Republicans to be ignoring them and not leaning into them. But I'm also sort of getting the sense that parents' rights and education and some of the failures that were inflicted and, and harms inflicted on children in particular during the pandemic as it relates to education that was right at you know a burning issue top of mind in your campaign in your stump speech uh, in those final you know months and weeks of the campaign uh, the indoctrination of kids in some schools and things that we've seen there it was extremely resonant for the virginia electorate and you won I'm not really seeing quite as much emphasis being placed around those issues 
by Republican candidates in a lot of these important races. And I just wonder, do you think that's a mistake? I, I keep saying this is the first national election since COVID, since all of this stuff was done to kids in schools. And it, there needs to be some accountability and something of a, of a, rev, a referendum, excuse me. Uh, and this is an opportunity to do it. It just kind of almost feels like it's slipping into maybe a second tier issue for the party. And I wonder what you think of that, if you agree with that, and what your advice is to some of these Republicans running around the country, maybe sometimes in tough districts or states that look to you and what you did in Virginia, and they're hoping to replicate it. What what would you tell them? What are you telling them? Guy, I, I 100% agree with your assessment of the importance of this issue. And in fact, uh, when school's out in the summertime, education tends to fall down the list in, in, uh, in people's minds. And now that all students across the country are back in school. You're seeing education come back to the forefront as a primary concern as voters uh, consider different candidates. And, of course, last year in Virginia, you're 100% right. Um, at the end of the day, the idea that parents shouldn't be involved in, in their child's education uh, as, a, as a real platform statement from the progressive left uh, was rejected wholeheartedly, not just by Republicans, but by independents and by a lot of Democrats. And uh, we, we won the Latino vote. We won the Asian vote. We had more votes in the black community than any Republican in recent history. We won places that Republicans haven't won. And we had the largest percentage of votes in our traditional red counties. And so education is at the core. And as candidates uh, uh, meet with voters and listen to voters and campaign running into November the 8th, um, I strongly encourage them to include education as one of their top issues. And it's about parents, empowering parents, having high standards in schools, not watered down expectations. It's about investing in, in choice and making sure that parents can fully engage. And by the way, this is one of the kitchen table issues that the Republican common sense platform is the winning platform. The, the progressive left liberals want to inject uh, bureaucrats and politicians between parents and their children. They think they know better for what's best for your family. And we've we've seen transparency in what happened with during COVID and curriculum. And by the way, parents stood up and said, not in Virginia. And I am seeing the exact same reaction around the country. Not yeah, in Michigan, not in Nevada, not 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 in not in Georgia, not in Nebraska and not in other states like New Mexico and Oregon and other places. So I do believe that we're going to see education, again, surge to the forefront as we get close to November the 8th, and candidates should absolutely lean in on the Republican values because they're yep. the winning, winning formula. No, I, I totally agree with you, and I hope that message is being heard by Republican candidates and candidates that you're out there talking to, helping, supporting, one of whom I do want to ask you about. I saw a headline that you're going to be doing some events on behalf of Carrie Lake out in Arizona. She's the nominee for governor in that state, and she said some things, as you know, very controversial. She's denied that Joe Biden was, uh, you know, elected in a free and fair election. She's been talking about that election in 2020 being stolen uh, a lot of the time, and that's really centered some of her primary campaign around that message. Uh, you have said, and you did say on the campaign trail, that Joe Biden was uh, elected legitimately. Uh, she obviously is on the other end of that. Uh, is that something that you're comfortable with? And, and what's your line when you decide what kind of candidates you're willing to support and go and help? Well, if we back up and we see what's happened in Arizona under uh, Doug Ducey's leadership, Governor Ducey has done a tremendous job on 
cutting taxes and establishing choice in schools and empowering families. And Arizona, Arizona deserves to have a Republican governor and to continue these most important policies. And of course, what we've seen around the country is states led by Republican governors have outperformed coming out of the pandemic, states led by, by Democrat governors, and it's just that clear. And so we've been working to support Republican candidates across the country. And I think Arizona, Arizona citizens deserve another Republican governor. Um, I've seen in, in the states that I've had the good fortune to visit um, that people are tired of the Democrat-led governor, or Democrat-led states. They're tired of, of rising taxes. They're tired of slow recovery out of the pandemic. They're tired of schools lowering expectations, and they expect better. And uh, I think states deserve yeah, so Republican it comes down so I'm going to, to those issues. Yeah, th those contrasts. I, I hear you. I hate to cut you off, Governor, but we are up on a hard break, so I've got to take it. That is the governor of Virginia, my governor, Glenn Youngkin, a Republican. Governor, always great to talk to you. Thank you. I deeply appreciate you. Have a great day. Absolutely. We'll talk again soon, and we'll be right back on The Guy Benson Show next. That was this week's edition of The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.